Amen. Thank you to the praise team, Pastor Mike. We are coming to the end of our series on Renewed. Just in time, you can see that the uh, balloons behind me are starting to really come to their end. So this will be the last week we have them. Like I said, we were promised two weeks and we got six weeks out of them. So hey, that's pretty good. Uh, The side ones didn't last quite as long. Except for one that I accidentally uh, let go and it's somewhere in the sanctuary. So if you get bored of the sermon, you can start looking around and see if you find it. So um, We are looking at, the, as I said, the last message on Renewed. I thought a uh, great message last week by Terry Dorsett. It was uh, great to hear someone from one of the two denominations that we are associated with. BCNE, Baptist Churches of New England. And uh, he's becoming a good uh, friend and a good uh, connection that we as a church have. Um, So today we're going to be talking about a new love. A new love. And uh, if you're a husband and you're sitting here saying, what's all this talk about love about anyway? Why are we focusing so much? You're in trouble. You're in trouble. Because Tuesday's Valentine's Day. I hope you know that. That's why the topic is so much about love. Uh, You better be ready for that. So Valentine's Day is a holiday that is set apart to celebrate love. Uh, It comes in mid-February every year. The coldest, snowiest month of the year. I think it's a good time to start thinking about love. Uh, Love and the Christian life should be almost synonymous. That's how closely tied love and the Christian life are in Scripture. In fact, the term an unloving Christian should be an oxymoron. It should be something that those two terms never go together. And some of you guys say, but I've met unloving Christians. Yes, I have too. I know. You still find them. But it really shouldn't be. It really is a contradiction in terms. Love and the Christian life should be closely tied together. Now you might say, okay, love. Got you, Rick. We're talking about love. But why a new love? I mean, what does this have to do with our sermon series about being renewed? I mean, love is love. Love's been around for a long time. Why is it something new? Well, look with me at 1 John chapter 2. Verses 7 to 11, that we're called to follow the old renewed command to love one another. The old renewed command to love one another. Just a short section today, chapter 2, verses 7 through 11. John is writing to the church and he writes, Beloved, I'm writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. At the same time, it is a new commandment that I am writing to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. We're here, we're called to follow the old but renewed command to love one another. Look with me as an outline in your bulletin as always. We're going to look at be champions of the old commandment to love, verse 7. Shock the world with the new commandment to love, verse 8. And then verses 9 through 11, show your faith by your love for others. Show your faith by your love for others. So we start off here at verse 7. Be champions of this old commandment to love. John tells them this is an old commandment. This is not a new commandment. 
No, there's no new commandment here. Now, he doesn't actually tell you what the commandment is. Did you notice that? He doesn't say anything about what it is. He kind of saves that to later on where he kind of reveals it later on saying it's really the commandment to love one another, to love your neighbor as yourself. That's the commandment he's talking about. And he says, it's nothing new. It's something that you've already heard. Uh, they've already heard it as Christians. He says here that uh, you had it from the beginning. And by the beginning in this context, he means the beginning of your Christian life. He said, the old commandment is the word that you have heard. So John's saying, since the first day that I shared the good news with you and you heard about Jesus, I've told you, love your neighbor as yourself. That's something that should be nothing new. It's an old commandment, not just old because you've had it for a while, but it's a commandment that goes back even longer than that. (laughs) How long does it go? It goes back as far as time. Love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law is summed up by this commandment, to love one another. The book of Romans describes it this way, for the commandments, Romans 13, 9 to 10, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Think about it, friends. If you truly love someone, you won't sin against them. <laughs> you won't murder them. You won't steal from them. I mean, think of the, the Ten Commandments. You won't do any harm to somebody if you love them. If that is the genuine motive and relationship that you have with them. That's why it is the summary of all the law. When you think about it, it's the summary not only of all the Old Testament law, it's the summary of all morality. All religions basically teach the same idea. It's summed up right here. Do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. If you thought that Jesus came up with that, sorry, it's been around a lot longer than Jesus when he was incarnate. And it's no surprise. It's been as long as God created man in his own image. There was a story about a a, a rabbi that lived actually before the time of Jesus. And somebody said, can you recite the entire Torah, the entire law, standing on one foot? So the, the rabbi stepped over and stood on one foot. And he said, do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. And he put his other foot down. <laughs> he summed up the whole Torah in one commandment. Friends, we know this instinctively. This is part of who we are as human beings. We know that to love someone is good, to hate them is evil. Even atheists, I think, know that as well. And the actions that flow out of love are good. To be generous to those in need is good. To have compassion and care about others is good. This is an old commandment that's been around since God made us in his own image. And friends, in one sense then, it gives us common ground with all people. All people speak the language of love. Whether they believe in the Lord, whether they follow Christ or not, they understand love. As I said, today is Valentine's Day, which celebrates love, not just celebrated for Christians, but it celebrates this idea of love, especially of course, romantic love. I don't know if you know the story. We actually don't know much about Valentine, uh, sometimes called St. Valentine. He was a third century bishop. He was known for two different things. This is what we know about him. He married Christians in secret, because it was illegal for him to do that. And he loved to tell people about Jesus. <laughs> That's what we know about Valentine. Both of which were not acceptable in Rome. Uh, he was eventually arrested by Emperor Claudius for marrying Christians in secret, the very thing that he liked to do, and helping persecuted Christians. So when he met with Claudius, he tried to share the good news with the emperor of Rome. That's the type of guy that he was, who instead of receiving Christ, martyred him. 
on February 14th, 269, the day we celebrate Valentine's Day. Friends, in our culture, it's become a time to celebrate love, especially romantic love. We know that's not the only type of love. C.S. Lewis talks about the four loves. There's eros, that's romantic love. Then there's friendship love, the love of two friends or group of friends. The love of family, which is even different than that. And then there is what he calls charity, a love which is more like the Christian love when we think of care for the poor, an outward self-sacrificial love. Friends, when we think about this commandment, this old commandment that's been around since the beginning of time, we as Christians of all people should be the champions of love. (laughs) We're the ones who raise it up high. When we see it in our world, we can be champions of it. We can say that's good. When we see it in movies, love, not lust, different, whole different thing. But when you see love in movies, we can say that's good. How many people have seen The Notebook, the movie The Notebook? Come on, be honest. Guys, there's more than that, right? Okay. All right. I'm not a chick flick type of guy. I don't, I, that wasn't my type of movie. And so, uh, but at the end, the old couple lays down in bed. He stood by his wife through her sickness and her, um, what's the word there? Her dementia. And they lay down together and they die side by side with one another. What a picture of love. Some of you guys saying, you just ruined the movie. But hey, you know, like, you know, if you haven't seen The Notebook by now, then that's really on you. So I'm not too worried about it. But we as Christians can say that's good. That type of undying commitment for one another. It's not something we have to say, well, that's the world. We don't like that stuff. No, that's good. When we hear it in songs, when we see it in sports, <laughs> you know, good sportsmanship, we can say that's good. It's good. If anything, friends, we as Christians should be the greatest, greatest champions for love of all. We're on the side of love, <laughs> like Valentine was. We can call it when we see it. But look at verse 8. Shock the world with the new commandment of love. Wait, was this an old commandment or a new commandment? Look what he says. At the same time, it's a new commandment that I'm writing to you, uh, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away. Uh, It's a new commandment, meaning it's been renewed. This old commandment to love your neighbor as yourself, to love one another, is now renewed. It's renewed. Something different has happened. As he says here, it's true in him. Who's the him there? Jesus. Jesus modeled this old commandment to love perfectly. So Jen talked about, is anybody perfect? If Jesus was sitting in this room, he could have raised his hand. (laughs) Honestly, he's the only one who could have raised his hand. He is perfect in his love. It's true in him. And he says, in you. So something is now happening in God's people. Something is happening in those who follow Christ where they're now starting to express this new love. What's changed it? What's made it different? He explains it in the rest of the verse there. It's true in him and in you because the darkness is passing away and the true light is shining. In all of history, yes, this commandment to love has been there and we should be the champions of love, but something different has happened with Christ. I like what D.A. Carson says, a new age is dawning, a new period of history, and that is now one that is characterized by love. What makes the darkness start to fade? What makes the light start to shine? Jesus himself and his sacrifice for us on the cross. His willingness to lay down his life to fix broken people, to make them his own so that they would now follow in his footsteps and begin to love as only he could love. 
Maybe you're still confused. How can this be old and new? It it still doesn't make any sense. At the same time, it's old, but it's also new. It's been renewed. (laughs) We see this all the time, right? How many people like the show Fixer Upper? Right? That's another show that people have a lot of hands for that one. Or just old, or shows just where you see renovations of old houses, right? It's old, but it's been renewed. Or you go to a car show, and of course, what do you see? The old 60s cars all renewed. It's old, and it's new. I even love to think about our sanctuary here, right? It's old. <laughs> my, my goal for our sanctuary, uh, and as we talk about it among our elders and such, is that everything in the sanctuary should be either from the 19th century or the 21st century, right? Nothing in between. Either it's, it's got some antique value to it or it's brand new and up to date. And that's kind of what we've been, been shooting for. It's old and it's new. It's been renewed. That's what he's saying about love. It's old. But it's been renewed in Jesus in a way that it never could be without him. It's, it's deeper. It's fuller. It's richer. It's more powerful than it's ever been before. The darkness is fading and the new light is shining. It's a love that we are now empowered to actually do because of God's spirit within us. To love like Jesus. There's something different about it. It's a love that is humble. Jesus modeled the humility of love, washing the feet of his disciples, coming as a servant, humiliated on the cross, naked. It's one thing, you know, when we see crucifixes, we always see Jesus wearing a robe, like a little or a cloth, a loincloth. There's no way Rome would have allowed him to wear a loincloth. It was meant to be a form of humiliation in front of everyone. Jesus came as his humble servant. It's self-sacrificial. Jesus was willing to lay down his life because of his love for people. What did Jesus say? No greater love has anyone than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. Jesus was willing to give up heaven to come to us and become like us. Be born in a manger. Be born as a man. And to die as a ransom for us. It's a love that can love strangers. (laughs) People you've never met before. In fact, the word tells us to entertain strangers. By doing so, you might even at times entertain angels. (laughs) So, welcome strangers. It's a love that can love enemies. Friends, those who would hate you who dislike you, you can love them with the love of Christ. And friends, there is a deep love for Christians. That we are now, as we love one another, have become like a family. Like brothers and sisters in Christ. This is a different type of love than the world has ever seen. It's a new love that should shock the world. Jesus said, it's by our love that all men will know that you are my disciples. Think about that. What should stand out among us as Christians? The way we love should be such a powerful statement that the world sees that and says, that's a Jesus follower right there. I know it because of the way he or she loves. It's a love that is empowered. Yes, the old commandment to love one another has been around for a long time, but we've never really had the power to actually do it, to put it into practice like we do now. Now that the darkness is fading and the light is coming, we can love as we are called to love. 
in all the different ways that love is. Love is a diverse thing, as we were talking about. When it comes to romantic love, to married love, there should be something more in the way we love as Christians. Uh, think about marriage itself. There should be more of a sense of that commitment, that long-termness, that through sickness, or even in the face of cancer and death, there is this love that doesn't stop in the face of marriage. You know, when I uh, do weddings, and we have a wedding renewal coming up this week, uh, but uh, I love, I encourage people to use the traditional vows. Now, you can do whatever you want. You can, if someone wants to write their own vows, you can do that, certainly. Uh, but I always encourage you, because I think the, the traditional vow, vows are like, you know, stones in a river over time. They've just smoothed over, right? They're the, the vows that uh, seem to fit. And I'll use Jessica and I, because it's Valentine's Day. I, Rick, take you, Jessica, as my wedded wife, to have and to hold for better for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness, in sickness, and in health, to love and to cherish till death do us part. That's the marriage love. 16 years, by the way, for Jess and I this year. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Going very strong. Friends, we as Christians should model marriage love like no one else in this world. My niece, by the way, has a wedding coming up too, so I'm excited that I get to officiate that. Friendship love, friends. I think of in the scriptures there's the example of David and Jonathan, whose hearts are knit to one another in the Old Testament. And of course our culture wants to take that and say there must have been some type of same-sex attraction and misses the whole point of what it's really saying there. That these friends love each other with a deep and real love and a love that they're not afraid to show towards one another. A love that leads, a friendship love that leads to accountability, that is willing to speak truth into each other's lives and confront sin when it's there because you really love someone. That's what we want. So we want in CR, I was talking to Pastor Mike and he expressed this is the goal of CR is to, to see men and women, men together with men, women together with women, have this type of deep relationship, willing to share and be accountable with one another. That's what we want in our community groups as well. Family love. Definitely, friends, the church should be pro-family. We want to see parents love their kids and kids love their parents. And, of course, that's the model for the church, that we together are a family. Why, why did God use that model of all uh, models for the church? Because he knows that family love is a type of love that is very powerful. In fact, how does God describe himself, his own relationship with his son? Father and son, right? Son loves the father, the father loves the son for all eternity. And some people I know have a trouble with that and say, if he's the father, that doesn't mean that the son had to come into existence at one point in time. But scripture says, no, that's not how it worked. This is just the type of relationship that they've had for all eternity. That God the father loves Jesus as his very own son. That's how he sees him, that's how he loves him. And that Jesus loves the father as his father. Forever. In fact, I think when God created human beings, he created that father-son or parent-child relationship to model his eternal relationship, not the other way around. The father-son relationship of God, the father, and Jesus didn't come second to parents and their kids, but the other way around. God, for all eternity, had this relationship and said, I want human beings to now model my image. By the way, a parent loves a child, and a child loves a parent. And of course, this idea of charity Agape love. 
A love that is not always returned. A love that doesn't run out. A forgiving love. A love that says, I love you even if you don't love me back. A love for those who can't offer much back. Maybe those who are hurting, those who are poor, those who are grieving. They can't give you much back, but you love them nevertheless. It's always been the goal for us as a church. We want to have that type of love for our community. We're not asking for anything in return. We're asking just, we're not asking for anything in return, period. We're looking just to love those in our city. To keep the door always open. Friends, in 3rd, 9-11, we show our faith by our love for others. We show our faith by this old but renewed commandment to love. He says here, whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in the darkness. I love how he uses this light and dark illustration or analogy because it makes it crystal clear, right? What could be more different than black or white, day or night, darkness or light? He's just making it crystal clear. One is on one side, one, the other is on the other. Love is on one side, hate is on the other. Whoever loves Uh, Whoever uh, says he's in the light, says he walks with Jesus, that he knows and has a relationship with God, but hates his brother, is lying. Love has to be the characteristic of the Christian life. And vice versa, as he says in verse 10, whoever loves his brother is in the light. Truly loves his brother is in the light. And there's no cause for stumbling, which is a reference to sinning. If you truly love your neighbor as yourself, then you're not going to sin against him or her. He repeats in verse 11, whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness, and he gets lost. Doesn't know where he's going. His hate, his bitterness has blinded him and blinded his eyes. This dark analogy makes it plain. Friends, it's hard to do anything in the dark, right? That's why we have candles or flashlights or the moon, we use the moon, the light of the moon, uh, because we need some degree of light in order to move around and to actually do anything. Uh, so biologists say that uh, that's why people sleep at night. That's because you get hurt. People get hurt if you try to live life at nighttime, although some people still do. But nevertheless, uh, that's why our bodies demand sleep, because we can't function well at night. Without Christ, friends, trying to love is like walking in the dark. You're blinded by hate, by bitterness. We stumble in our sin and have no real direction. But with Christ, it's like walking in the light, in the sun. You can see where you're going to make sure you don't stumble in sin, and you can love well. It's clarity of direction for us. Friends, let's be a church that walks in the light, that loves well. Three ways. First, let's be a church that loves God, (laughs) that really loves God, that first understands God's love for us, like we just sang, one of my favorite hymns. It was kind of a mix in in the the song that the choir just did. Uh, We're every man and woman, a a, a scribe by trade, with a whole ocean filled with ink and all of the sky a a parchment. We would not be able to finish writing the love of God for us as his people. Let's understand his love for us and then let's return love for him in our worship. Let's never forsake our first love. Going through a book of Revelation with my kids and uh, in our nightly devotionals, which end up being every 
couple of nights, they don't, you know, like everyone, we don't always do it every night. But nevertheless, we covered this in the beginning of Revelation, a church that's doing everything right, except one thing, Jesus says, you've forsaken your first love. And if you continue doing that, I'll take away your lampstand. You will no longer be a church at all. Friends, let's make sure we never forsake our first love, which is the Lord. Before a thousand tongues to sing our great Redeemer's praise. Let's sing His praises and really worship Him out of love for Him. Then let's love one another. Let's take care of each other. Let's be careful not to gossip. Let's be present with one another. So encourage that in the middle of a snowstorm. We have this many people being present here together to worship, yes, but to be here for one another, to listen well. Friends, this love comes even before a love for those who don't know the Lord, although we love them as well. He says, first, look to the household of faith, then look to the world. Anyone who doesn't take care of their own house, how can they then take care of the world? So there's a sense in which our love for one another uh, is even deeper than a love for those who don't know the Lord, although we love them as well. Absolutely. But I think about our church covenant. We just had our new members class uh, recently. Again, we're planning some baptisms coming up. But part of it just expresses this perfectly, this call to love each other as well. Uh, you, this is only a couple paragraphs of it, but it, we, it, uh, we recite this. And when the elders were going over uh, the church covenant, we said, let's keep the same old covenant this church has had for hundreds of years. Because nothing has changed in this. Maybe the language has changed a little bit, but this type of love for one another. We engage to regard each other's temporal and spiritual welfare, to walk together in brotherly love, to exercise a Christian care and watchfulness over each other, administering or receiving admonition or reproof, as the case may require, with all meekness and affection, forbearing, being patient with one another, and forgiving one another. We engage to regard with tenderness each other's reputation. To watch our lips and not spread evil one of another. To rejoice in each other's joys. To sympathize in each other's sorrows. To visit each other as we may be able in sickness. And minister according to our ability to each other's wants. I pray that. I hope that's still true of us at First Baptist. This covenant is still what it means to be part of our church. And then thirdly. Let's love our city. Let's love our world. They need some love. (laughs) We have a very unloving culture right now. Let's make sure we as a church have a deep love for our city, which means being willing to go out and talk to people and meet with them and tell them. I love the story that Jen told about Jeannie Kanovich and how she's constantly looking and saying to people, come and visit and hear the good news and be part of our church family, friends. Let's do that. Let's do that often. Let's be here to serve our city. We love our city. I love open hearts. Uh, Their policy is very clear. We're going to feed you. We're going to put a jacket on you. We're going to do whatever we can to help you. If you want to come to church, you're welcome. If you don't, we'll still feed you. And we're still going to clothe you. And we're still going to care about you for as long as it takes. That's our attitude, friends. Let's show our faith by our love for one another. We're called to follow the old but renewed command to love one another. It's an old commandment. It's been around as long as human beings have been created from the garden onward to love one another. But it's a renewed commandment in Jesus. He's the model of love and by His Spirit we are empowered to love 
as the darkness fades and as light is coming. And friends, we show our faith by loving one another as we walk in the light. I'm grateful, friends, that uh, I love this church. And uh, I'm not great at surface-level love. (laughs) Those who know me. I'm not overly expressive of love. But I have a deep love for you guys, for this church. And I suspect that's something that's true of many of you as well. Somebody recently said that our church is not great at love. And uh, I took that very personally. I've met those who have walked in those doors who are suicidal until they came to join our church family and found life. I've seen God work in the lives of teenagers, many of them who've come to church without their parents to hear the word. In fact, we have a baptism of one coming up. I've held a child who would have been aborted if not for the ministry of this church. I've seen mental illness, anger, or unfaithfulness destroy a marriage only to see it built back up even stronger. I've had folks tell me, here is where I learned grace. David Carr Phillips on that one. I've walked with men and women as they become widowers and widows. I've done a funeral for a baby, for a 20-something-year-old, and for a 100-year-old. I've held parents who have lost their kids and counseled kids who have lost their parents. I've spent more time in hospitals and hospice houses than anyone I know my age, except for other pastors, perhaps. This is a church that loves. May God help us to be good at the old and renewed commandment to love one another. Let's pray. Gracious Father, thank you so much for the scriptures. Thank you for our final message in this series on Renewed, a new love. Thank you, Father, that we, as your people, we have the old commandment. It's been around as long as time, and we want to be champions of love. When we see it in our world, when we see it in our culture, we can speak well of it. We can make much of it. We can point to it as an example of Christ-likeness. But, Father, we have even something more than that, a renewed command to love, renewed in Jesus, renewed in the one who laid down his life for us so that the darkness would fade and the new light would shine. Lord, I pray we'd be models of this love, this humble love, this self-sacrificial love, this love that is willing to lay down our lives for one another, even as you, Lord Jesus, have laid down your life for us. And I pray, Father, that we would walk in the light, that we would shine forth the light of love to a world that needs to see it. Jesus, you said that it is by your love that all men will know that you are my disciples. And so I pray, Father, part of the light that we shine or the salt that we are in the decaying world that preserves it would be the way we love you, our creator and our God, and recognize your deep love for us. It would also be the way we love one another as your people. And it would be the way we love our city and our world. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen.